Here we go. All right, it's January 15th. It's another Friday. It's time for Nudge Coach Happy Hour, or is it Nudge Coach Coffee Hour? We're still trying to figure this out since we changed the time of this thing. But Matt Gamble, how's it going over there? Good. I, I like Coffee Hour. I think there's something to that. that has, it, it has the same feel to it. Um, I feel like it's still uplifting, upbeat. I think we we last time I definitely noticed the energy seemed a little bit lower. I'm going to try to bring more energy today, though. I'm getting used to the time change. Yeah, still still waking up at this point. Um, but, you know, extra coffee helps. I don't know if everybody can see this on the YouTube. This is going to be more interesting than on the podcast, but ridiculous coffee mug that I have. Thanks oh, to my, man. my brother. Yeah, uh, that's my baby with sunglasses and a mustache drawn on him. Um, one of my favorite restaurants you can't see because of my zoom background but it's oh there it is joe's in so if you're ever in richmond virginia go to joe's in you'll be the only non-local in there (laughs) that's cool and you may see mac (laughs) you may see me that's very true all right so another crazy week we've had all kinds of wild stuff going on just internally that we're not going to talk about on this so um if we seem a little discombobulated don't blame us especially mac it's it's you know he's got got some stuff going on but um i think what we're going to talk about today we're going to do a bit of a 2020 recap um i feel like that's kind of in vogue right now but ours is more interesting damn it and and we're going to make it a little bit more specific too because we transitioned out of something at the very beginning of 2020, basically a big strategic partnership. And so we came out of it and set some very specific goals in a very specific area of our business. So our 2020 recap can actually be quite useful, I think, to everyone out there. Um, And I hope while you're kind of listening to this, while we walk you through kind of what we went through in 2020 and our story a little bit, you can kind of think about it through your business lens and how some of these lessons can apply to the things that you're doing. Um, Because a lot of what we're going to talk about is customer churn and what that looks like in the SaaS world, which is a a huge buzzword. It's something that we have to obsess over for sure. Um, But I also think that um, that is an incredibly important concept. Businesses. Yeah, yeah, all subscription businesses. Incredibly important concept for coaching businesses, whatever type of a subscription business you're running out there. Um, if you can master customer churn, um, then, well, you've got a hell of a solid base to grow from. In fact, you know what? I have a quote somewhere from investor and media mogul, Scooter Braun. You may be familiar with him. I think he manages like T-Swift and Ariana Grande and all those people. Um but he's also a big investor. So he said, whether, whether it's a consumer product, a tech product or a nightclub, I look for retention before growth. That is a direct quote. Now, if Scooter Braun was going to invest in us, I would be very excited about that. (laughs) Yeah. Just disclaimer that has not happened. Definitely not. But shout out to Scooter if he wants to mention our show at some point. Um, so our focus coming into 2020 became retention and, uh, Mac, so Mac just wrote an article about this. It's hopefully going to be coming out about a week from when you hear this, some maybe, maybe sooner. Um, but for bare metrics, so shout out to them. Um, 
But I guess, do you want to kind of help me frame up where we started at the beginning of 2020 and just start to start to take us down this road? Yeah, I think anyone who is, and this is very relevant because I know a lot of the implementations we're going through right now with our partners on the nudge coach side are trying to spin up like membership based models. And anyone who's trying to do a lower cost, high scale, highly scalable offering, this is absolutely for you because this is, um, as you, as you start introducing lower cost plans and tiers, you really do have to kind of think about it like a SaaS business or is, you know, and like I said, there, there's a lot of great documentation out there for the pitfalls you're going to encounter and how to scale a business like this. So um, when we, I guess, if you look back to almost a year, exactly, I realize this is almost like a year exactly from where yeah. we are now, back in January of 2020, um, we were kind of looking at, we we're kind of relaunching the business in some ways. And we looked and I'd, I'd classify what was going on with our lower cost plans as kind of a revolving door. And you have to remember when you have an offering that's lower cost, it's the switching cost for people is really low. Meaning if, you know, right now today you have their attention, but if something catches their attention tomorrow, that's, you know, I think under a hundred dollars a month it's pretty easy for them in a lot of ways just to kind of switch and say, Hey, I want, well, I want to try this or I want to try that. Yeah. If you're anything like me, you get horrified whenever you look at your credit card statement to look at all the subscriptions you, you have going <laughs> on your credit card each month, $8 here, $9 here, whatever it is. Um, so really kind of taking a step back, it was really eye opening to see as we we're kind of relaunching things, the revolving door that was the lower cost plan. And that's just, like I said, because it's so easy to switch um, but there's other factors too, but that's kind of coming into 2020. We had then had a goal. Could we get our turn rate to around 5% is what the goal was. And it was something where um, if you can, it's kind of the benchmark, at least you see in the SaaS world for software as a service, if you're not familiar. And we really wanted to get ourselves to that. And that's, that's customer churn. And that's one thing that's really important to point out real quick. You can look at churn either from a customer standpoint, meaning the number of customers you're losing each month, and so, yeah, that's just real quick to make sure we're on the same page. Customer churn is the number of customers you're losing each month. And that's really just kind of thinking about the number of customers you lost divided by the customers that you had at the beginning of the month. Um, so, you know, if you had 10 clients going into the month and you lost one of them, that's a 10% monthly churn. Um, but you can also look at churn in terms of revenue. So even if you have a higher customer churn, you may not necessarily be losing out a lot of revenue each month if these are like lower cost members that you're losing or lower cost clients. So when you start, for instance, if you offered a membership-based model after your clients completed initial programming, then you know the amount of dollars you're losing when these people leave really may not be a ton of money if you're charging you know, 20, 30, $40 a month. So each member lost is not, not really gonna kill you. But I think it's one of those things that you can, you can view it both ways and it's important to understand how the two are related, but two very different things. Yeah, it's a really important point for sure. Um, yeah, especially that was, that was a good way to frame it up. I think for a lot of coaching businesses, it may have a high t- high ticket offering if they're fully online uh, versus the lower cost membership. Um, it's going to hurt more if someone bails on the higher ticket yeah. Yeah. <laughs> than on the on the lower level. So it's logical that you could have a higher churn rate on that lower tier and it's not hurting you from a revenue churn perspective quite as much. Um, but important concept. So we started the year at a pretty damn high yeah. turn rate um, around, it got up to around 19%. And yeah. so just so everyone knows where we're starting, we're sitting there at 19% and 
partly saying, oh my God, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, it was it was very much as we were kind of relaunching the company in a lot of ways, a granted, this was all very much isolated to the kind of initial plan we had, which, you know, and having kind of your lower cost plan or tier can be great as like a foot in the door to kind of build a relationship. But if you're not, you know, and it really is helpful to identify who's a fit and who's not. And that's essentially what that plan was. But if, if you are viewing that as an actual customer, you kind of have to reevaluate or kind of rethink how you, how you acquire those customers and what that really actually means at that plan. And so for us, I think one of the biggest um, decisions we made was really kind of restructuring our whole model to make sure there was more intent with a person who was paying us money, which I think that's a really important thing for everybody to keep in mind is the person may sign up for one of your digital offerings. Cause I think most coaches at this point have some kind of digital offering. And I don't mean necessarily remote coaching in terms of just any kind of premium one-to-one offering. I mean, a lot of coaches I know at this point have digital products, whether it's, you know, eBooks, whether it's online courses, but whatever it may be. And those types of plans, what I tend to find if they're subscription-based, a person may put a credit card in, but may not really be ready to be a customer of yours. And that's kind of some of the problem we had. And I think a lot of subscription-based companies have this problem where they're kind of still in the process of evaluation and wanting to understand what it is. So they may be willing to put a credit card in for a month. That doesn't necessarily mean they are ready to be a customer of yours. And I think that's a very, very important point that... I don't think I realized 15 months ago, and I, I view the purchasing process and the enroll of intent very differently now than I did before. Yeah. And there's, there's several ways to skin that cat probably, um, you know, one being kind of the, the direct path is go more sales, sales led and actually have conversations with those people before they, you know, take the next step. So you know more about them. Um, the second, which is what <clears throat> we implemented um, was an actual freemium, uh, model. So a free tier of our platform so that we knew people were banging around on the system, knew what they were getting into before they took the next step. Um, so interesting ways to approach that. Yeah. And I think this is, if, if you're, if you're thinking about launching a membership based offering in your coaching business, which I, you know, I completely recommend filling a year, huge advocate of it as well. I, I tend to find in most cases, a membership-based offering works a lot better as a follow-up to your programming, meaning you, you know someone's worked with you for several months. Um, they've kind of graduated to a point where you still want to keep them connected and kind of tethered to the business in a way, keep their credit card on file. You've already built the relationship. You have the rapport. It's very, very logical that you would kind of graduate them into this membership-based offering. And if you've you know built the relationship up enough, that person is is likely going to stick around. What I tend to find is if you're going to go about it the other way, you have some pitfalls that you need to navigate around. Where if you haven't really done a good enough job building up the relationship, building up rapport, building up trust on the front end, I tend to find individuals really aren't going to stick around for very for very long. If you need to figure out what's what's kind of going to create that stickiness to keep them in. And I think if you're looking to do an offering like that, that's where you do want to consider some type of, you know, free trial, free version, something to give a person a taste, because I know it's really difficult in one-to-one coaching businesses to give free because you're talking about your time. Um, A free consult, maybe, you know, maybe something to consider, 
I think this day and age, people just want to try before they buy. And I think you really have to factor that in. And I, I understand how people really want to protect their time and I get it. But if you don't give people a taste of what they're going to be purchasing one way or the other, I tend to find back to that whole idea of intent. You may have people willing to kind of take a half step and put their credit card in temporarily just to kind of feel it out. That doesn't necessarily mean they're really bought in and you still have people on the fence. And I think that's why it's so important. And it was important for us when we transitioned to more of a freemium model to make sure that when people were putting in their credit card, they were actually ready to be a customer of ours at that point. It wasn't just, hey, I'm putting in a credit card to see what this actually looks like. And that completely changed the paradigm. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, to summarize, you need the right customers, not just more customers. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that you gave a great example. The free free consult is kind of a, a, a great kind of simple way forward for especially a, a one-on-one coaching business. Um, you really get a chance to, to, you know, go through the steps and, and qualify a little bit there. Um, Another good example on, at more a little bit more scale, maybe something like a free challenge, like, like we talked about with um, Kathleen Legris. Um, mm. Get a bunch of people into a, a, a challenge structure that's free. It's kind of a promotional tool, but to always also get people into a challenge that's specifically aligned with your program. So you you already know you have some level of kind of program client fit with those people who are joining. They have interest yeah. in the right things um, to get them in. So there are definitely tactics that can be used here. Um, I think it's a great example. I think something like a challenge on the front end to build a relationship. I, you know, what I've been hearing more and more about too, more and more of the customers we work with, I've, I've seen this really, you know, we've talked about the influencer model before, and I'm seeing more and more of this pop up where um, coaches are launching either, you know, either through Instagram or podcast, they're doing something to regularly put out content that's allowing them to build a relationship at scale with a larger group of people. And what they're finding is that that is actually attracting their, the right type of client for them. And it's funny because I've heard some people that say, hey, it's my podcast that brings in the right type of client. Social media isn't bring, bringing me anything and vice versa. I've talked to a coach, yep. that, hey, Instagram is my jam. These people are coming in. They're great fit. They have a relationship with me. And I think you, it really just depends on what, what channel works best for you and what you feel comfortable keeping up with. But any, anything you can do to kind of build up that relationship and that rapport on the front end before you get a person converted into some kind of paid plan is going to pay you dividends. Yeah, no doubt about it. So let's get into, I guess, some some more of the causes, I guess, that could be, um, I guess, fueling churn. I mean, these really getting customers and the clients to the point where they are ready for what they're getting into is just number one. The intent question is huge. Um, we got really deeply into onboarding and activation yep. in 2020. Um, you want to talk about the importance of that a little bit? User activation or client activation is really like as, as important as intent is activation, I think is incredibly, incredibly important. And also to something that's very important for coaching businesses. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting when I, when I talk to coaches who are struggling using, you know, online coaching systems or struggling on the online side of their business or the remote side of their business, I tend to find it's usually an activation issue, meaning that they've signed up a client and they have not, they've, they've kind of failed to properly set expectations of the um, communication in the remote side of the business. So meaning like, for instance, if you're using a coaching platform or even if you're not, even if you're just using text and email, whatever it may be, 
um, setting expectations of like communication frequency, the hours of the day you're responding, um, really making sure a person understands how all these pieces are connected. I think sometimes in coaching, it's really easy to kind of have a very fragmented offering because you're using all these different tools or you have all these different resources. And I think coaches sometimes forget or, or don't realize to the client things are fragmented. They, they maybe some things are um, a little bit ambiguous. And as a result, the client leaving kind of the initial sessions is maybe not totally sure on the details of the coaching relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think it comes so much back to activation and making sure that when a person, you're getting a person going, you're setting them up for success and you address those questions, you set those expectations. And I tend to find that's one of the greatest causes of churn for any type of business. I think for, for software, if anyone who signed up for software platforms, usually when you sign up, there's some kind of free experience, whether it's a trial or a freemium model, you click through screens. It's really, they kind of walk you through things, bits and pieces at a time. I would try to take that same concept for coaching as well, kind of bit by bit, almost screen by screen, making sure a person really understands how each one of these little pieces are connected and tie into the bigger puzzle. Yeah. I mean, it's, it sounds so simple that it gets missed more than anything else that I think we work with our clients on. And it's, it, it just is what it is. Structure is such a friend to you as a, a coach or a coaching business. Yeah. yeah. I think coaches are better at the complicated than they are at the simple from what I, in terms of what I see a lot in the implementation side. Oh God. Isn't that just always the case? Yeah. That's so good. Um, yeah. I mean, wow. I, onboarding is so important. Um, so just for a, a concrete example, I think we've talked about this kind of thing before, just so you can kind of picture this in your mind. Um, say you just started working with a client and they message you on a Friday afternoon asking you a question, say you're a nutrition coach about something that maybe a menu for the next day or something like that. Um, if you had talked about them, uh, talked about with them up front that, Hey, you know, I respond Monday through Friday. Um, and I'll always get back to you within, you know, 48 hours, as long as it's Monday through Friday and they don't hear from you until Monday, that's expected at that point. Right. So they're not like bummed by that. They probably are even asking the question like, Hey, I know it's too late. I'm just throwing this out there in case I hear back from you. But if you didn't set expectations like that at all, and they sent that message, they might really expect that they're going to hear back from you. And you've created a bad experience that otherwise would not be a bad experience just by the lack of the structure that you set up front. That customer might be kind of pissed, even though the expectations are nuts from your mm -hmm. perspective, but you just didn't communicate that and get on the same page up front. So where that Friday message where if you did happen to message them back on Saturday, if you did set expectations up front, you've totally blown their mind and over, over delivered. Mm -hmm. um, so there are all these little opportunities just created by clarity and structure that wouldn't be. Um, and I mean, it's, it's just worth investing time into almost yeah. more than anything. I, I see this also too, and you know, any coaching relationship is going to have accountability, tracking, journaling, you know, whatever you want to call it, it's, it's there. I mean, you can't, you can't coach anybody or, or be kind of 
I think this is very synonymous with like consulting too. Like there's always a key performance ind indicator or KPIs you're, you're working with a client around, you know, if you're a nutrition coach, it's nutrition, maybe it's macros. If you are focused on, you know, in any niche, there's going to be the appropriate metrics or whatnot you're kind of focused on or accountability or milestones you're helping a person navigate through. And I tend to find that this also ties into sometimes I'll hear from coaches, well, I'm having a really hard time getting my, getting my clients to, to track or journal. That usually comes down to, okay, things weren't properly, like expectations weren't set properly on the front end, because this should be a help me help you type of situation where if someone's putting their money down, you know, and we're talking about the right clients, it shouldn't be a question of really accountability and adherence. And I think that's one of the things the coaches I see that are wildly successful don't have that problem because they're qualifying people properly on the front end, making sure the right clients are coming in, making sure they understand, hey, these are the tools we you we use so that you can be successful and really emphasize that. It's not like when I was, you know, think about when you were in school, it's not like the teacher, there wasn't, you know, there was a textbook for the class. It's not like you just like showed up with any random book you wanted or random books were thrown at you. Like there was a there were, there was a textbook for the class you were in. There were resources, there were workbooks, spreadsheets, whatever, whatever you're in. And it's really important, I think, to think about it that way. I think there's some really common parallels with just on like education in general that we think through, like in terms of there's a curriculum, there's resources. This is what we're following over the course of this, you know, program. And it, it's one of those things where I think to your point, the more we can kind of emphasize the the importance and how all these pieces connect the generally the more successful we tend to find the coaching relationship yeah i i just can't emphasize it enough that we just keep learning this lesson over yeah. and over again it just is beating us over the head um so you're here you're listening to this take advantage of it <clears throat> start doing something about it um all right. Other, other tactic that came into play. And I think this was kind of a, a phase two item that can absolutely translate into the coaching world is shifting to offer some discounted annual payments. Oh man, I can't, I would stand on a soapbox every day and <laughs> preach this in, and this was one thing in that, in that blog post, which hopefully everyone will get a chance to read because it, it just took me a long time to write, but <laughs> <laughs> Upfront annual payments or upfront payments for whatever, you know, if it's a three month plan, whatever it is, will make such a significant difference for your business. And let me, let me explain why for several reasons. For one, I think you're going to get, and, and don't be afraid to discount it. You know, I think sometimes people are, um, I think what you tend to see, it's like a 10 or 15% discount if people pay upfront, depending on kind of the length. I kind of have a mentality of do whatever you can to get people to pay upfront and get, don't be afraid of larger discounts, you know, if you can still make the numbers work because mm -hmm. um, it's going to help you in several ways. For one, that person's probably going to be more bought in because they've paid upfront. So thinking about the initial month of the relationship, when you're kind of setting expectations and kind of getting them going, they're probably going to take it more seriously. Um, also two, it's going to put you in a better cash position. So if you have some of your clients paying you upfront, you're not having to, you know, it's, it's the, this is easier to show visually than it is just to kind of <laughs> yeah. relate, but you're, you're always going to be in a much better cash position versus if all your clients are just paying monthly. Um, Cause the, the, you know, each month you're getting these people to pay up front that, that gives you more time to be kind of recouping the dollars you're putting into, into client acquisition and marketing. Um, also three, and this is a big thing as people start doing low cost plans is the soft churn for their business. And I know, I know 
probably a new term for most coaches, but it's funny because I'm having to go into this and more implementations now because more of our partners are starting to launch membership plans where they say, Hey, Mac, I want to launch a $50 a month plan or $30 a month plan. I say, that's great. You kind of now have to think like a SaaS company though, meaning you have to worry about soft churn and anyone who's not familiar with that term, it's churn from people that don't update their credit card details. So failed payments. Once you start collecting credit cards, we've all been there. People's credit card expires or they get stolen. They have to get it replaced. Um, a, you know, a significant portion of churn for most businesses that do subscription is actually soft churn. It's, I think it's like 25 or so percent. It's more than, more than you would think. Yeah. You'll be blown away for sure. It depends on the type of, in, in the industry, you're in, but it's much <laughs> higher than you realize. So if you think, well, Hey, I do, a, I do a pretty good job keeping clients around. Well, this is like a whole new element. If you're not thinking about it, can really creep up on you. It's one thing if you're managing a couple dozen clients, but if you think you're wanting to get to a point where you've got hundreds of, of low cost members, you're really going to have to think about essentially what's dunning and dunning is essentially the sequence in the system in which you're you're um, prompting people to input new credit card details so it's great there's a lot of systems that sit on top of um, payment processors like stripe we use one called barometrics i'm a huge fan of it um, and what they have and what other systems have is essentially dunning systems that it's basically automated email sequences that once a person's credit card starts failing or is about to start failing it triggers an email sequence to get the person to update their credit card details. Because once you have dozens of clients in low cost plans too, it gets impossible to keep up with all that if you're doing it manually. So something that's really important. So if you have people paying up front, you don't have to worry as much about failed payments because you've collected the money up front. So it's gonna save you time and money as you think about paying for any kind of dunning system. So can't stress it enough, upfront payments, um, one of the greatest, I'd say one of our greatest assets is we were trying to combat churn over the past year. So true. And, and we really, you know, we went aggressive with that offer and, and we did specifically at a certain tier of our system because it, mm -hmm. we found this sort of sweet spot where people were likely to stick anyway. Um, and there are things you can do to really math this out and prove to yourself that, you know, a big discount is worth it to you. For example, if you, um, run the numbers and figure out about what your uh, customer lifetime value is the the amount that you typically make from the average client um, that you work with over the lifetime of that relationship. If your annual price is more than that, it almost doesn't matter how much you discounted it, you know, you're increasing your lifetime value just by getting anyone on there. So you know, it's, it's a place where you can be a little bit more aggressive with some discounts and feel yep. really good about it. And, you know, it's, it's really valuable when you have that as a hook too, on your website, yep. you, know, you can say, look how, how, how discounted this is, this, this is how good of a deal it is. Um, why not buy in up front if you're a believer? Yeah. When I think of discounts, it's, I really think of like a, a quid pro quo, like what's, what am I getting out of it? So if someone's saying, Hey, I want a discount, I usually like monthly discounts don't do much for me, but if someone's wanting a discount, I'm fine to give a discount if it's they're paying up front. And I think that's where it's a win-win for everybody. Um, you're giving them an opportunity if they are cost conscious to save money, but in return, you're getting that upfront cash, which is gonna help you in your business in a lot of ways. So I think that's where, if you're looking at ways to create kind of sweetheart offers or kind of launch offers and things like that, I'd be, 
more more keen to do it for the upfront payments than I would for monthly, just because I think it's going to help you, you know, make sure you're you're bringing in the right type of person, but also to putting you just in a better cash position. Yeah. Um, yeah, so good. So, so many reasons to offer something up front like that. So many reasons, soft churn. Um, and trust me, this, that soft churn might be the biggest case in point for, uh, your need to automate things that you can automate. So you can spend your times on the things you can't automate. Um, absolutely. People are going to slip through the cracks if you're not running a system like that. Um, especially when you start to get into real growth mode. Especially if you're thinking about people who are, you know, credit card on file and you're only collecting anywhere from 10 to $50 a month from those people, because I'll tell you right now, our, we have a Dunning email sequence in place and it's Dunning for anyone who's not familiar, it's D-U-N-N-I-N-G and we can probably include a link in the show notes, but if it usually takes multiple emails to get that person to update their credit card. So if you're trying to do this manually, think about the cost of your time to keep track of, hey, John Doe's email uh, your credit card has failed. I'm going to shoot that person an email. Okay. They didn't respond a week later. I'm going to do it again. If you were trying to do all of this and you had dozens of clients or, you know, heaven forbid you got to the point you had hundreds and you were still doing this manually, you, you would be pulling your hair out. So go ahead and get in front of it. Even if you only have 20 people on a plan like that, go ahead and look for a Dunning system, make it easy for people to up, you know, put in their credit card details, update credit card details and use a system like that. Absolutely. So Incredible advice there. So, so far we've really obsessed over buyer intent, making sure people are ready to take advantage of our programs and stick with us. We've obsessed over onboarding, um, making sure we're spending the time there, creating structure. I'd say the last piece of that, that's a little bit more on the product side, but I think you'll get it too, is a concept called time to value. And you really want to get a client to a sort of aha moment that they're in the right place as quickly as possible that's where kind of the end game of that kind of obsessing over the onboarding and activation steps. So keep that one in mind. Um, so we're with that stuff and the filling in the gaps with soft churn, we're probably about 80% of the way there on a journey from like, you know, 19% hair on fire, freaking out to 5% life is good. The business is growing, even if we don't, you know, ramp up how fast we're bringing on new customers. Um, but we still had a, another, you know, several percentage points to go. And the last, I think, strategic move we made at the end of the year when we were like, oh my God, we can't figure out how to update the product in this amount of time in any meaningful way. Yep. We've thrown everything we can at the onboarding process. Um, we got a little creative and looked at some sort of value gaps and ways that we could educate customers better. And for us, that turned into basically a um, cohort-based mastermind program or group coaching program mm-hmm. to walk through some critical principles in the platform and, and really connect with our clients better um, on our end. And that was kind of the last, whatever, 15%, 20%, whatever that is to get us to, to the five, 6% range. Yeah, I think in general, whenever I see a gap somewhere, I usually like my new thing is I'm like, okay, there's probably an educational solution here. Like I'm more and more reliant on education. I think this is probably something coaching businesses who um, don't encounter as much necessarily because it's probably already factored into their membership because most membership plans I see coaches doing involve some type of scalable FaceTime. Like they're doing monthly webinars that their members get access to or something like that. Keep in mind for like software companies or 
even if something to keep in mind, if you're a coaching business who's trying to do digital or, or membership and you don't have any face-to-face time, really consider putting it in there. Because for us, I know for our, our lower cost plans, it's not, it's not necessarily something we can afford to do to have like one-to-one calls with everybody. So it's one of those things where we try to say, okay, well, what's, what's a venue in which we could have relationships with, you know, more like a, a larger section of our, of our customer base so that's where the mastermind made sense. You know, it was both some of the free accounts were on there, some of the paid plans, smaller paid plans were on there. And it it allowed us to connect in ways I thought were, I was kind of amazed even with the number of people we had in the mastermind in how much of a difference it made. I mean, I think about some of the conversations that still I see pop up on that, um, on that thread. Mm-hmm. So really don't underestimate the value of the connection in the relationship. Because I think at the end of the day, the relationship is really why people are going to stick around. And, you know, you're always, I always say we're all, we're always going to be one piece of functionality short of what a person really, really wants. And I think yeah. you can probably say the same thing for making a coaching relationship. Yeah. Too. Your program is too. Your program's always one step away or one piece, one thing's always missing. So people though, if, if and this was kind of covered in the blog post that we haven't really touched on, is just the, the importance of service because people, Service is actually one of the the primary reasons people churn and leave is if they have a bad experience, meaning like bad from a support standpoint, as long as you're bending over backwards. And I think that's where just the importance of the FaceTime and the connection just can't stress that enough. And so just make sure you're weaving that in, whether it's through podcasting, whether it's through webinars, do what you can to really build that connection. Yep. I mean, that really, really brought us home that last, last 20% where we had no idea how we were going to get there. Um, and I, I think it does relate to, to a lot of different coaching programs potentially too, is you could, you know, spin off little mini initiatives if you, you know, are putting in the effort to, and I think this is key probably to, to doing this well is making sure you're putting in the effort to find out why people are leaving you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that helps you identify. And it's a hard, actual, actually kind of a hard thing to do because you'll get a lot of kind of roll your eyes, sort of BS responses to these things. If you, you know, just throw the question out there um, into the wind in an automated way, but learn as best you can and try to talk to people about why they're kind of moving on. Mm-hmm. And once you kind of learn some and identify some themes, you can then build something like, okay, we're going to do a, a two week kind of bonus program. You don't even necessarily have to ch- charge for it if it's a, a clear retention problem that you're solving, but you could make it a pretty low cost thing, make it easy to, to add, add people to it, add value there, and then just see what the result is in terms of how long people stay beyond what they had been before. Absolutely. Make sure you're getting feedback. A churn at first is your first kind of getting into it is a learning experience and you have to get as many data points as you can to kind of really figure out what's going on. So yeah, great, great point. Love it. Well, that takes us all the way from freak out mode, January, 2020 to feeling pretty good about ourselves, feeling, feeling like we've got something going January, 2021. We're about to roll out this big platform update. So that's obviously the next step, right? Productize something and get it out there. <laughs> stuff coming just a couple weeks away at this point i mean we're we're like getting to the final crunch time i know i'm I'm testing it and trying to break it every day um succeeding still sometimes so <laughs> still still doing but we're getting to the uh, so we're getting close yeah so at this point you know we're just excited to get it out there you guys will probably find a way to break it too but we'll try to fix it as quickly as we can and, and iterate on it and make it better but Look out for that in the coming weeks. We've got a webinar next week um, to talk about the transition process. 
Uh, we got another mastermind coming right after um, the update rolls out because we want to dig into the specifics of how to plan out your program and actually build it in a nudge. So you're taking some of that stuff that you can't automate off your plate so that you can focus more on, you know, the actual relationship building, the trust that, you know, really keeps people around long-term. Um, but excited to have you all with us, everyone that's listening to these. Um, if you haven't subscribed yet, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube is a great place to find us, the Nudge Coach channel there. Um, that's been growing pretty fast, fun to see. Um, you want to see the coffee mugs, you have to be on the YouTube. That's right, that's right. <laughs> or Max Cat come flying or through the screen every now and then. My shoulder, which does happen occasionally. Uh, all right, well, um, just really appreciate you guys and hope you stick with us in 2021 because we're really excited about what we've got going. We think we can can help the industry out a lot and even potentially turn people who don't know that they're coaches yet into successful online coaching businesses at this point. So stay tuned. A lot of good stuff coming. We'll see you again next time.